Parshat Yisro, we have the Ten Commandments. We're all familiar with the Second Commandment. Lo Elohim acherim al panai. Thou shalt not have any other gods. You can't make them. You can't bow down to them. God will be very upset if you do. That is a well-known and generally well-understood commandment. I want to speak tonight about a somewhat lesser-known cognate verse in the parsha after the Aseris Adibros, which is perhaps more obscure and not as well understood, but it is arguably of, it is of immense practical import and arguably even greater practical import than the Second Commandment. And that is a pasuk, as I said, that appears after the Aseris Adibros. Hashem says, Lo sasuniti, you shall not make with me anything that is with me, representations of things that are with me, Elohei chesef, Elohei zahav, lo sasu lachem. Do not make silver or gold gods for yourselves. Read quickly, read superficially, this would seem to be yet another prohibition against idol worship. As we'll see, however, Chazal, the rabbinic tradition, the halachic tradition, understands it to be something much more powerful, and well, in a certain sense, much broader, much more powerful, it is a general prohibition against making different types of images and different types of artistic representations of various entities, humans, celestial bodies, and so on, even if the intention has nothing to do with Avodazar. A general prohibition against making certain types of forms, we'll discuss in more detail soon, what types of forms are included, and this is something, as I said, that has immense practical import. Most of us are not planning on making idols, but we do sometimes make pictures of people, or pictures of the sun and the moon. We might photograph a sunset. We might photograph ourselves, our children, each other. Some people, including a certain young person in this household, was engaged today in the construction of a snowman. A snowman is a humanoid figure, more or less humanoid, depending on the skill and the skill and the commitment to the project that the young person in question may have. So are you allowed to do that? Are you allowed to make a snowman? Is a snowman prohibited because of lo sasuniti? So that's what we're going to discuss tonight, the, the parameters of this prohibition of lo sasuniti. There is a discussion in the Talmud about it, and there is some discussion in the medieval sources and the Shulchan Aruch, but the discussion, as, as with certain areas of halacha, the discussion doesn't really come into its own until the last couple of centuries, 20th century, and so on. There is an explosion of questions about, oh my goodness, everything we do, pictures, drawings, newspapers that have weather, uh, little weather icons for the sun peeking out of the clouds, and so on. So what can you do? What's prohibited here? What's permitted? What's prohibited? What exactly is the Torah telling you when it says, lo sasuniti? Again, Shudrash al-Mikra might be of Odizara, but that's not how the Pasuk is understood in the Halachic tradition. In the Halachic tradition, it's understood as being something far more broad and far-reaching, that it prohibits all kinds of images and representations, and we have to figure out what types of images and representations are included, what exactly are the parameters to, uh, to this prohibition, as we'll see, because it, it, partly because it wasn't really discussed that thoroughly before the relatively recent era, there is a tremendous amount of dispute. Uh, Post-Kimar pretty much all over the place on almost every question you can think of. 
and uh, we'll explore first the sugya, the Talmudic discussion, and then we'll move on to the Rishonim and Achronim down to the contemporary sources. The Gemara discusses this, this pasuk, this prohibition, in two places, in Rosh Hashanah and Avodah In both places, the discussion begins with a, with a report about Rama Gamliel, the head of the Sanhedrin. They used to do Kiddush HaChodesh. The, they used to establish the calendar and sanctify the new moon via eyewitness testimony of, of the new moon. The people saw the moon after it had uh, disappeared and reappeared. So the Mishnah explains in Rosh Hashanah, he actually had pictures, or Gamaliel had pictures of the moon, different, different positions, different orientations, and so on. He had a room where he had these, uh, he had these, uh, these pictures of the moon, and he would show witnesses, you know, the picture's worth a thousand words, instead of getting them to describe using degrees and technical terminology what the moon looked like, he would show them pictures and say, did it look like this, did it look like that? So Rabbi Gamliel actually constructed and maintained pictures of the moon in his office in some kind of room that he had. So the Gemara challenges this. The Gemara says, are you allowed to do that? It says, lo sasuniti. Now again, lo sasuniti, kipshuto, might mean don't make avodazaris, but the Gemara says it means lo sasun kidmus shamashai. You're not allowed to make images, representations of those things that serve me. The celestial bodies are my attendants, the, they, they serve God, so you're not allowed to make pictures, representations of the celestial bodies. So the Gemara goes on, the Gemara has an intricate discussion about this, and uh, back and forth, eventually the Gemara rejects much of, uh, much of, its, initial, uh, much of its initial approach, Abaya's approach, and the Gemara, the Gemara concludes... That the that in ge- that in general it is usher, and the Gemara says that there are that there are a few possibilities for how Rama Gamliel how it would have been mutter for Rama Gamliel. One possibility is that the Rama Gamliel didn't make them himself; someone else made them. That he simply acquired them, he commissioned them, he purchased them, but he didn't make them himself. The Gemara says that's not quite good enough because that's not quite a sufficient answer because there is additionally a prohibition that even if you don't make them, there is another prohibition against maintaining them. If you come across an image of the sun, some kind of representation of the sun or the moon, you have to destroy it. The Gemara brings an account, you have to disfigure it at least. The Gemara brings an account of Shmuel and Rav Yehuda that Rabbi Yehuda had some kind of image, this was not of the sun, this was in the form of a human being, so Shmuel said, you need to disfigure it, Sami you have to poke at its eyes, do something to make it an imperfect, a, an incomplete representation of the, of, the, of the human being. So the Gemara says, well, there's a difference, it depends whether Rabbi Yehuda, Shmuel, they were talking about a signet ring, a, a chosam, so it was bolate, it was, a, it was a relief, it was a three-dimensional representation. That is more of a problem because of chashad. There's a concern, people will think you're worshipping it. So if it's bolate, if, it's, uh, if it protrudes, if it has uh, height, and, uh, if it has height, if it's three-dimensional, then it's more of a problem. But a flat, two-dimensional representation on a picture, that is not a problem. So then, so th- then the Gemara talks about other reasons why there's no chashad, the Gemara, the, the Gemara goes on, and the Gemara says that the Gemara says that uh, 
the Gemara has a couple of other explanations. The final one, the one that's brought by the Poskim, is Rabbi Gamliel's heter. Rabbi Gamliel had a heter. He was allowed to do this. He was allowed to make it. He was allowed to maintain it because it was lehislamate. It was for educational purposes. The Gemara brings a pasuk, a different pasuk in Varim, Lo Silmad La Sos, concerning Avodazara in general. You're not allowed to study Avodazara in order to make Avodazara, but you're allowed to study Avodazara. You're allowed to do something which otherwise would be prohibited, Lahavanu Lahoros, to teach for educational purposes. Therefore, Rabbi Gamliel was allowed to make his thing. Lehislam made, normally you're not allowed to make suns and moons, but if there is a heter, if there is a heter, if, if you're doing it Lehislam made for, for uh, authorized educational purposes, then it is okay. So the Gemara concludes that you are not allowed to make images of the sun, the moon, and the stars, and of people. That's, that is a lav daraisa, losas uniti, Rambam counted as one of the Tariq mitzvahs, losas a number four, negative commandment number four. You're not allowed to make pictures of, of men, of humans. You're not allowed to make pictures of the pictures of other things as well. You're not allowed to make pictures of the of the sun and the moon and so on. And those are all Asr. But the, the Gemara does bring a hat there of Lislamid. Simcha wants to show us a, a star. One of, his, uh, one of his friends is a star. We'll discuss stuff like this about the permissibility of making things that look like this, maintaining things like this as we proceed. So you're not allowed to make the sun, the moon, and the stars. You're not allowed to make people. Lislamid, it is Mutter. And the Gemara, in the course of its discussion, makes a distinction between bolate and shokea. Something that protrudes, something that is sunken, that's indented, does not protrude. And of course, there are really three possibilities. There's protrude, there's depressed, and there is flat. Flat, two-dimensional, that has no, that has no depth, that has no depth at all. Tosfus says that when, that when the Gemara is concerned about, when the Gemara is concerned about, uh, about Rabbi Gamliel, that the Gemara says Rabbi Gamliel's tzura was not uh, boletes. Rabbi Gamliel's form was not three-dimensional. So why is the Gemara so concerned about it? The Gemara is concerned about chashad, or maybe even more serious problems, but what's the Gemara concerned about? Rabbi Gamliel's pictures of the sun and the moon, they weren't models, they, they weren't like globes and, uh, and, uh, and, uh, and models of the solar system, they were pictures, of the, the pictures drawn on, the, on a flat board. So why is the Gemara concerned at all? Ketosis has a tremendous chumrah that the distinction between something that protrudes, something that has three-dimensional, three dimensions is, is, more, is, more, is more stringent and something flat is less stringent, that, is only, that only applies to things like people. Things that... In, that it, now, obviously, the sun and the moon are three-dimensional as well, but the distinction is people who appear to us, we see with our eyes, with our optics, we see a person as three-dimensional, so the Isser is more strict when you construct a three-dimensional model, a statue, a three-dimensional model of a person. But the sun and the moon, which to our eyes, given the distance and so on, to our eyes appear as two-dimensional entities in the sky. So there, there is no, there is no difference between, between bolate, between protruding and flat. When it comes to stuff in the sky, that there's no difference between whether it is uh, between whether it is if, whether you make a protruding model like a, like a complete planet uh, planetary system a complete round globe or whether you make a uh, or whether you make a flat one it is just as usser 
This position of Tosfos is also that of the Rambam, and that's how we pass in Shulchan Aruch, that there is a, they're both Asur Midaraisa. It is Asur to make images of people Midaraisa. It is Asur to make images of the celestial bodies Midaraisa. But there is a big difference in that an image of a person is only Asur Midaraisa, at least, if it is in three dimensions. An image of a sun and the moon is Asur even if it is in two dimensions. Rambam Paskins that you're not allowed to make. The Rambam brings this in Pirusha Mishnah, this prohibition. He discusses it in Hilchas Avodah The Rambam, of course, links the prohibition to Avodah The Rambam says you're not allowed to make images, even if they're not for idolatrous purposes at all, even if they are for purely aesthetic, purely innocent purposes, you're still not allowed to do it. That's clear. The reason for the prohibition, the Rambam says, is because of Avodah We don't want people to err and people to start straying and construing them as Avodah They'll think they're Avodah Zarah. The Torah, according to the Rambam, of course, the Torah is, uh, is extreme, is fanatical in its, uh, in its desire to eradicate and extirpate any possibility of Avodah Zarah. And therefore, even innocent uh, images are prohibited because of, prohibited because of this kind of exera sort of midaraisa for Avodah Zarah, but it is midaraisa. The prohibition only applies to humans. It doesn't apply to other flora and fauna in general, trees and so on. That, uh, that, that you're allowed to make, things like that. Certain, there, there is an exception about the Merkava, the, the images on God's chariot, but in general, the prohibition is limited to people. And then the Rambam adds, besides people, it also applies to the celestial bodies. Chama, the sun, Levana, the moon, Kochavim, stars, mazalos, constellations, malachim, angels, all those things are also prohibited. However, as we said, other types of things, other types of things you see in the world, trees, grasses, and such like, are generally mutter, even if they protrude. The Rambam says that, that when it comes to the sun, the moon, and the stars, like Tosfus, the biblical prohibition applies even if it is flat, even al-haluach, even a flat uh, pictorial representation of the sun, the moon, and the stars is an isr daraisa. When it comes to humans, there we have a distinction between whether it is protruding or not. Rambam says when it comes to humans that uh, when it comes to humans, it's only if the tzura is boletes, like it's carved, it's a relief, it has, it has three-dimensionality, then it is usr. If it is mushkas, if it is plat, flat, or if it is made of samanim, it's made of inks and paints, so it's flat, like things painted on luchos, on boards, and murals, and so on, paintings, they are mutter, not only the not Asr Midaraisa, they are mutter. And this is how we paskin in the Shulchan Aruch. This is how the Shulchan Aruch and the Ramah paskin, that you're not allowed to that you're not allowed to make an image of a person. And you're not even allowed to have uh, that, that, that you're not allowed to maintain them if you come across them. That the well, in certain cases you're not allowed to, but putting aside the issue of maintaining them, you're not allowed to make them. And, uh, however, the Shulchan Aruch says, and the post can generally accept this, that's only if it is boletes, it's only if they protrude, it's a three-dimensional image of a person, shokast, if they're, if, if they're depressed, if they're indented, or even if they're flat, samanim, and so on, then it is mutter. However, tzuras, chamu, levana, v'kachavim, images of the sun, the moon, and the stars, they are usher to make, whether they protrude, whether they're depressed, and it's all usher. However, again, they, they bring the heter, following Rambam and other poskim, they bring the heter of Le'islamid, if it is for educational purposes, lahovenu lahoros, 
then they are all mutter, even if they are baltos, even if they protrude. So that is the basic, you know, there, are, there are other opinions in the Rishonim of the Sergia, but that is the basic opinion that we Paskin like, the Shulchan Aruch Paskins like. You're not allowed to make the image of the sun, the moon, and the stars at all, even if flat. You're not allowed to make the, the image of a person if it is in three dimensions. Now, there are some Rishonim and some Achronim who are more strict. The Taz, for example, brings the, a number of Rishonim, the Ramban and the Ran, that they, they say anything that's Asrim and Torah, the, like including the sun, the moon, and so on, is uh, that those are usher even shokeo or bolate, even if they're even if they're flat. The only distinction between the only distinction between three dimensional and flat has to do with things that are usher midrabanan, things that are usher midaraisa, including the including humans, including everything. It's usher even if it's flat. Lenin halacha the Taz says even though the shulchan aruch is lenient, you should not be lenient against the opinion of the ramban and other rishonim. So the Rambat, so the Taz, and other Akronim say that you should be strict even about flat representations of people, which is going to be a huge, huge deal, because that's going to mean that all types of drawings and paintings and possibly photographs of people are also going to be Asur according to the Taz, even though they're flat. If they're human beings, then they're going to be Asur. So that is a tremendous Chumrah of the Taz and some other Akronim, and said that something will return, to, uh, will return to presently. So what does it mean exactly that you're not allowed to make a picture of a sun. What is a sun? Is a circle a sun? If it has little, uh, if it has little rays going out of it, is it a sun? Is this thing a star? Is this, uh, is, is this close enough? Not exactly what a star looks like, and an astronomer will tell you stars don't look exactly like this, putting a sun, let, let alone the, the smiley face, the eyes, and so on. They don't exactly look like a pentagram like this. So what exactly does it mean? Hmm? And there's a moon. And there's a moon on this one also, Simcha notes. So what exactly do we mean that you're not allowed to make the sun, the moon, and the stars? Back in Brooklyn, there was a uh, bit of a controversy a number of years ago, as I recall. There was, there was a uh, newspaper put out by observant Jews, a local, a local rag. It had Torah, it had news, it had advertisements, of course, and it also had the weather forecast. And when it had the weather forecast, it had those little, uh, those little charming little icons of the sun shining brightly, of the moon, and the sun behind clouds, and raining, and so on. And it was an issue, because they painted little pictures of the sun. Are you allowed to do that? Are you allowed to paint? Are you allowed to, they weren't, again, they weren't exactly photorealistic depictions of the sun, but there were clearly images that were, meant to, uh, that were meant to portray the sun. So what exactly is meant by not drawing a picture of the sun? If anything, today we have the ability to make literally photorealistic, we can make actual photos of the sun, but certainly in the time of Chazal, they didn't have the, the, art, they, the art that they knew wasn't quite that photorealistic. So what, uh, what exactly is meant by a picture of a sun, or a picture of a moon, or a picture of a star? That's us. There is a tshuva in the Chasim Sofer. Chasim Sofer talks about a shul that had art on the walls, windows, they had a window, they had a round piece of glass, he says, Kitsura Schama, the shape, the, the shape, the form of the sun. It had Nitsochos Boltos, Svivas, Haigul, it had rays that were shining from the sun, like the way the sun looks when it shines. And it had the name of Hashem, and it had the Pasuk, Mimizrach Shemesh Admavo Mahulal Shem. And then it had the Shem Hashem. Says the Chasim Sofer, this is a very bad idea. He says that a that a round image of the sun, he says, that if, if you make it, you're over a lav daraisa. Even if it was never worshipped, even if there's no concern it was actually worshipped as Nevo we pass in that 
you're over an Isra Daraisa of Los Sasuniti. If you maintain it, even if you didn't make it, it's an Isra Drabanan of Chashad. People will suspect an uh, Avodazara purpose, and so on. And therefore he says, and this is even worse, because by writing the Mizrach Shemesh Ad Mavo, by writing that, you're implying that this is a son, you're, you're, making, you're, you're clearly identifying it as a son, even if it's not a uh, perfect photorealistic depiction of the son, but you're writing, you're writing a caption that says, this is a son, Mizrach Shemesh Ad Mavo. So that is a bona fide son. So you're saying that you're Moschavein, L'Tzura Shemesh Mamesh, and therefore it is usher and making such a... Such a stained glass window, making such a window, violates the prohibition of losasuniti. Sitzeliezer points out that from the Chasim Sofer's language, he emphasizes that there were little rays coming out of the sun. He perhaps is suggesting that a simple round disc might not be such a problem. Even a disc itself is too uh, formless, is too, uh, is too uh, general to be considered a sun. Now, Muchach, maybe the Chasim Sofer is just emphasizing that it, how, how blatant the Isser is. But there, there's a tshuva that Sicilyazer brings, a, a lenient tshuva of the Mahariyat, Schusberg. He talks about a case about a certain person who had furniture, who had decorations in his house that, were, that had images on them, people and celestial bodies. So he discusses, uh, again, what exactly is meant by the image of a sun? How sun-like does it have to be before we consider it a violation of Los Sasuniti? So he says, Ein Suffolk. It is obvious, he says, that a simple, a simple circle and nothing more is not, uh, it does not violate Los Sasuniti. If there's nothing beyond a circle, he says, it's not a sun, it's a circle, he says. The, the Gemara says, don't make a sun. The Gemara doesn't say, don't make a circle. So he understands that clearly it's obvious to him, he doesn't have any real proof, he says, but it's obvious to him without some additional art to indicate that it's a sun, even if that might have been your intention, it's, a, it's an abstract representation of a sun, if it doesn't have more realism, if it doesn't have more sun-like qualities to it, it will not be prohibited. It would have to have, again, rays or something like that. He says, uh, other than that, it's pushed to him that that is not a sun. Sicilyazza brings this from various poskim, and, uh, and that's not a sun, he says. Making rays, that's a problem. So again, going back to the newspaper, what do they do? They make little circles, and we have to look at each newspaper. They make a little circle. They do make rays, I think. They want to show, they want to show the sun is shining. You do have rays, and that, that could be worse. That could be a bona fide sun and prohibited under Los Sasuniti. From Nissan Karelitz in the Chutshani, he talks about stars. He says that a star and the sun is really the same thing. They're both uh, spheres, or roughly spheres, and they both emit light. But he says there is a difference between the, the stars and the sun, a difference in perception, how they look to us. Stars go twinkle, twinkle, and the sun, and the sun, and the sun does not, he says. That the Stars, he says, are only us to make them if they look star-like, if they look like this, if they have little, uh, little protrusions twinkling out. And uh, so a star you're not allowed to make unless it, a star is only us if it has those protrusions. And if it doesn't have that form of a star-like form, then it is mutter. However, he says, the, that, depends on the, that depends on other forms, he says, that, the, that, that, that he implies that, that a sun doesn't have, a sun certainly doesn't have a, a twinkle shape, whether it has to have rays or not, that's what we discussed before. But a, but a star and a sun, he says, fundamentally, a star has to look like a star. And a circle, a sun does not look like a star. Because even though, astronomically, they're the same thing, the, the sun is just a closer star, and the stars twinkle farther away. But that doesn't matter. The halacha is established by human perception. So, so to human perception, the stars look like this, and the sun does not. And therefore, the star has to look like that for it to be usher. 
and the sun has to look like the sun, which is more or less like a disk, with or without those rays, and it would be usur. Well, what's the definition? What's a sun? What does it have to be? So he says that the standard is, it has to look, uh, it has to look like something in the middle and rays shining out. That's usur. Uh, simple, uh, simple circles, he says, even for the sun, is not usur. He also notes that a mugging David, he says, you're allowed to make. A mugging David does not look like a star. People call it a Jewish star, but a mugging David, he feels, does not look like a star. Therefore, you're allowed to make a mugging David. Again, it, it, it's not a, very, uh, not a very rigid and scientific definition. It's a matter of perception. It depends what they look like to human beings. Things that look like stars are usser. Things that don't look like stars are mutter. Things that look like suns are usser. Things that don't look like suns are mutter. Ramosha Feinstein seems to have a pretty high artistic standard for how sun-like something has to be for it to be usser. Again, he doesn't... This is, the, this is exactly the kind of sugya where a picture would literally be worth a thousand words. And uh, it's a sugya about pictures, and pictures illustrating the sorts of pictures that are problematic would be invaluable, except that you can't always make those pictures, unless it's Islam-made, then I guess you could. But Ramosha tells us about children. Children, he says, they have ink and crayons and markers and so on, and they make pictures of the sun and the moon. Are they, uh, he says, are they allowed to do that? If they're Higiel Chinuch, if they're obligated to the mitzvah of Chinuch, are they allowed to do that? So Ramosha says, again, the, the definition of what's called a sun, what's called a moon, what's called stars is subjective. It, the, the, it's simply a question of what do people, human beings, what do adult human beings think of when they see this picture? If they see sun, then that's a sun and that's us, sir. If they see, if they see a random crayon marks, that's not us, sir. So he says that it has to have a genuine, Ramosha emphasizes, for it to be usher, it would have to have a genuine resemblance to the sun. And Ramosha says, whatever artistic standard that is, whatever Ramosha has in mind, he says, rov tinokos lo Most children cannot make sufficiently artistic sons for it to actually look like sons to an adult. Again, it's hard to know what Ramosha means without pictures. Many children, again, there are all kinds of ages of children that can be a four-year-old, a six-year-old, a 12-year-old, Many children are certainly capable of drawing a circle with rays coming out that will be obvious to any adult, not just his parents, but to any adult who looks at it, that he's trying to make a son. So I don't know what level of artistic uh, quality Ramosha has in mind that when he's saying that most children are not capable of this. But Ramosha, one way or another, Ramosha feels that, the, that in general the types of sons drawn by children are not, sufficient, are not of sufficient artistic quality to be considered the form of a son to be usher. However, he says, however, he says, it's still not a good idea to teach kids to make pictures of the sun and the moon, he says, because what's the point? As soon as the kid gets old enough that his art improves and his art becomes more representational and of a higher quality, it'll be usher. So it's a very much a dead-end skill. What's the point of starting to train him in something that as soon as he becomes uh, good at it, it'll be usher? So it's, it's pointless. It's, it's counterproductive, and it's against the spirit of the halacha, basically. Why teach them, he says, that uh, as, soon as, they beca- as soon as they acquire any skill... It'll be usher. So that's Ramosha's position, that typically the kind that an untrained little child will draw on his own is not sufficiently sun-like to be usher, but it's, uh, it's not a good path to go down because as soon as they acquire facility, it'll be usher. That's what Ramosha says. That's his position. Now, one, one important distinction many posts can make is that Rabbi Gamliel, when he had his moon, when he had his pictures of the moon, he was showing witnesses the new moon. The, the whole point of this exercise was witnesses who saw the new moon. The new moon is very much not a full moon. Uh, 
It's a crescent. It's a small crescent. That's the point of a new moon. So clearly the post can say that a picture of a crescent moon is usher, even though it's not the whole moon. Yet, when it comes to, to the sun, many posts can say it would have to be the whole sun. And the difference they explain is, again, perception. Even though it's true that the moon always exists as a complete sphere and the sun always exists as a complete sphere, it doesn't matter abstractly how they exist, it matters how they appear to human beings. The moon frequently appears to humans for most of the month as a fraction of a, of a, of a circle, a fraction of a disk. The sun does not. The sun is typically a complete circle. Even though the post can point out sunrise and sunset, you see only part of the disk, and there are therefore some post who want to argue that even part of the sun should be usher. But they say the sun we generally see as a full disk, and when it dips under the sun, we just see that part of it is under the sun, part of it is below the horizon. But, but it basically comes across as a disk, even if part of it is blocked. While the moon, the moon, it's not blocked, we just see a crescent moon. Even though we know intellectually, we understand the whole moon is there, just the sun's light is not reflecting off part of it, and so on. But that, that's different. Post can say, again, these are very subjective things. The moon looks to us like it's a crescent and it's missing part of itself. The sun always looks like a disk, and therefore many posts can say that part of the sun would be okay. Not everyone agrees to that, but some posts can at least say that part of the sun would be okay, while part of the moon is not okay. Part of the moon is usher. Now, photography. Photography is, the, is the, one of the major issues that arises, that arises today. Photography is, by definition, generally photorealistic. Assuming the photograph is any good, it's going to be a fairly accurate representation of whatever it is that we see. So photography is a huge deal. It's photography mutter. Can you photograph a person? Can you photograph the sun? Can you photograph the moon? Many posts can talk about photographing sunsets. You want to photograph a sunset. So again, a sunset will often only be part of the sun. I mean, sometimes it's moments before the sunset, it'll be the whole sun. Sometimes it's during the sunset, it's part of the sun, which is still also according to many postkim. So many postkim wonder about uh, photogra- photographing anything, photographing a person, photographing the sun. And this is a major dispute among the postkim. The, the postkim who are lenient argue that, first of all, when it comes to people, the Shulchan Aruch Paskins, people are only usher when they are three dimensions. People are not usher when they're two dimensions. Now there is the shita that Taz brought of the Ramban and others that, uh, there, that, that there is the shita that, uh, that two-dimensional people are usher as well, that the, that the, Taz, says, the, Taz, the Taz says you should be machmer for that, but the Shulchan Aruch Paskins at least, that two dimensions is not a problem, and therefore photographing people is ground for leniency. On the other hand, if you're photographing the moon or the sun, then you have a big problem because the moon and the sun, we pass in, it's an issue derisa to photograph the moon or the sun. Certainly if it's the whole moon and the sun, it's an issue derisa to make an image of the whole moon and the sun. So many posts can therefore say that you should not photograph the moon or the sun. Certainly not if you're getting the whole moon and the sun or even the moon, even part of the moon. It's a question of an issue derisa. The, the Divrim Malkiel, or Malkiel Tenenbaum, great Polish post of a century ago, he has a fiery tshuva against photography. His case was somebody needed, for business purposes, needed a personal photograph. He had to submit a photograph, either of his head or his entire profile, his entire figure. He had to submit a photograph. He asked a different Malkiel, am I allowed to be photographed? So the different Malkiel is, it commends him highly for asking a question, for having enough Yerushimayim to ask the question, and not just saying everyone does this, and, and actually caring enough to ask the question. And the different Malkiel has a lengthy discussion, and he's actually inclined to argue, 
he's actually inclined to the position, at least according to some Rishonim, that ink is actually considered three-dimensional. Ink gets layered onto the paper, even though it looks flat, but ink is actually, the, the nature of ink, it actually is considered three-dimensional. He brings Rishonim who say this, and therefore it actually is a problem. Therefore, he actually concludes that photography, photography is a very serious issue. He says, he says, it's people treated as heter, people who are strict are seen as fools, are seen as uh, farfront, he says, but it's, uh, it's sometimes the Chavim caused this, they allow themselves to be photographed, he says, have their picture sent all over the place, it's a terrible thing, he says, that the photography is a, uh, photography is a, in general, photography of people is a terrible thing, he thinks that, uh, he thinks that you really have to be machmer, he says, it's a question of an Isra Even if you have a non-Jew do it, it's an Isra to have a non-Jew take your picture, he says. That um, if you have part of the body, he says, then many posts can say that, that, that a picture of, if it's not the entire person, if it's the head and only part of the body or just the head, many posts can say that that's mutter. There are those who say that's also Asr, he says. That that's also a debate, and there's basis for stringency there as well, he says. And uh, therefore, he strongly recommends, he strongly recommends uh, stringency, it's actually very interesting. The, he goes on and he says, he talks about what a terrible idea photography is. And in, in, in general, he says, today you know, there, there's, a, there, there's a tremendous controversy about pictures of women. A lot of the more right-wing orthodox publications have stopped publishing pictures of women, and women get very upset about this, and a lot of the, the moderate orthodox are also very upset. They think it's, uh, it's a, terrible, uh, it's a terrible, uh, terribly disrespectful to women. Different Malkiel actually makes the opposite argument. He says photography in general is such a terrible thing because once you start photographing people, you'll actually photograph women, and people will have photographs of women in their house, which is self-evidently a terrible thing. Therefore, he says, anyone who has Yerushimayim will, will abandon the whole idea of photography of human forms, and it's, uh, it's, it's a, it's the whole thing is a foolish idea, he says. Even Tzadikim, he says, you shouldn't photograph Tzadikim. Al-Pikabala, it's not, it's not a good thing, he says, to be photographed. And, it's, and in general, stay away from photography of human beings. One of, the, one of the sources he quotes, one of the earliest halachic discussions of photography, is, or not, not actually photography, but is in Rav Yaakov Emden. Rav Yaakov Emden, who was before modern photography, he discusses his initial question had to do with some kind of medallion. He says there was a certain Rav, Rabbi Elazar of Brud, who was, who was installed as the rabbi of Amsterdam, and to commemorate his installations, they, they, they struck a medallion it had its form on it. It was actually three-dimensional. It was in some kind of, uh, you know, as a stamp, as a coin kind of thing. It actually had his image on it. And he talks about uh, what a problem this is. Again, he says there, there are some post who are lenient if you don't have the full form. He says, in this case, it's not the entire person. In this case, he says, how much of the person was there? He says it was Rosho Adachaza. It was a bust, kind of. It was the, the head down to the chest, the torso the entire face, and it was bolate, it was three-dimensional, it protruded. He says there are some posts who are lenient if it's not the entire person, but in general, he says, it's a, it's a problem, or he's inclined to be strict, even if it's not the entire person. He, do, he doesn't know if, the, if, if this great Rav actually endorsed this, or if it was done without his permission, he says, but it's a serious shaila of los sasuniti, this should not be done, and he thinks it's a really bad idea. Then he tells the story, he says, of his father, the Chassid Ha'amiti, his great father, the Chacham Tzvi, he says, was once invited to London. The Sephardic community in London had a, had a tremendous admiration for his father. They, 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 were, uh, they really, really wanted to see him and to meet him. 
So they, they brought him there and with great honor and uh, on, on a great ship, on a royal, uh, royal ship. He describes the whole, the, whole, the whole thing, he says. They brought him on... Uh, on um, they, they brought him on a luxurious, uh, luxurious trip to London, he says, and then they, they enjoyed seeing him so much and they wanted some memento of his visit, so they begged him, he says, if they would allow them to paint him, to have someone paint his portrait. And, and Chacham Tzvi said no. He said he will not do it, even though, even though it was only ink, he says, it was only paint, and paint is flat. flat. According to most postkin, paint is not, there's no iser of, uh, no iser at all of, uh, of Adam, that unlike the sun, Tzuras Adam is only prohibited if it's three-dimensional. Paint is not three-dimensional, he says. And certainly if it's only Chatsi Tzura, it's not his whole form. They weren't going to paint, I guess, a full, uh, full-length replica. They were going to do his head, like you usually find uh, portraits of, uh, of you know, often find portraits of great figures. It was just going to be a parts of, so there was definitely ample grounds for leniency, he says. Afal Pikain, he says, they, he refused, he would not give in because of his great Hasidus and Kedusha and Precious. However, he says, his great admirers just couldn't contain themselves. They couldn't, they, they couldn't, uh, they, they wouldn't take no for an answer, he says. So even though he wouldn't sit for his portrait, they found a tachbula gedola. They found an expert artist who could clandestinely paint his picture. They, they did it, uh, he did it with great alacrity and diligence, managed to just sneak around without him even noticing, apparently. And it was perfect. It was a, it was a brilliant representation of him. And uh, it, was, it had everything but life. Everything he had, but every, it was everything the Chachamsi was, except for living breath. And it was very valuable, and they, made, and they made prints of it, and they sold those two for a lot of money. Anyway, but the Rav Yaakov Emden says that the person shouldn't, uh, painting is wrong. He doesn't say whether his father, the Chacham Tzvi, was opposed on the grounds of halacha, that he was choshesh for the minority opinions, and even part of a person's figure is, is usher, and even if it's flat, it's usher, or he was choshesh for Kabbalah, for the Kabbalistic concerns about damage to the soul. I'll call upon him. There are some postkim, different Malkiel and others, who take a very strict line about photography, who say that photography is considered painting, and painting is usser, and even if it's flat, it's, you should still be machmer. Maybe it's not considered flat because of the, the pigments and so on. The issue in the postkim, of course, is that photography is not a problem. Ravadi Yosef, for example, says he brings he brings a different Malkiel, and he says. Shana Mishnaso Mishnas Chasidim. The Divinalkiel's Mishnah is a Mishnas Chasidim. Possibly that's a double entendre. He, possibly he, meant, he means A, that it's only Chasidim, it's not Mikra Din. B, he means it's a Chasidish kind of concern, not to be uh, photographed, I'll be Kabbalah. He means it's not uh, standard Nigla Torah. Whatever it is, he says, it's not uh, normative halacha. Mikra Din photographs are fine, certainly if they're uh, it's even better than ink and paint because it's more, it's more flat, I guess. Certainly, he says, it's only part of the body. He says, less than Tzarek Meshesh, it's an absolutely mutter, mikra adin, puk chazi, mayam adabar, lehitzalem, the minog is, people are photographed. There are always some, occasional rebbes and others you hear who don't want to be photographed, but in general, in general, the, in general, the minog is, people do get photographed, people are not stringent about this, he says, and that's certainly the minog that we tolerate, that we tolerate, uh, that we tolerate uh, photography, that we allow photography. Now, someone asked on the, on the text chat, uh, can a firm person be an artist? So, certainly if, certainly if you want to do modern art and non-representational art, that's fine. Certainly if you want to paint uh, still lifes and trees and, uh, and, and, and pears in a bowl and so on, and furniture and houses, also all fine. The question, obviously, is 
if you want to paint figures, you want to paint people, and you want to paint the sun and the moon, is that a problem? So I want to speak a little bit about the, the idea of Lehislamit. The Gemara's final comment that Rabbi Gamliel was he was allowed to do it, Lehislamit. He was doing it Lehislamit for halacha, to study, for the for the for Kiddush HaKodesh purposes, to teach the, the witnesses how to explain, how to, how, what, 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 to express what they saw, that was mutter. So, Lehislamit is not well defined in the, in the early poskim. The early poskim don't tell us exactly what Lehislamit is. The, what, one important early discussion was, was a machlokis between the Taz and the Shach. The Taz talks about machzorim, for Tfilas Geshem, that they had mazolos, that they used to have pictures of the constellations on the side of the machzor, illustrated machzorim with pictures of the mazolos. So the, there are also pictures of Svar, there are, there are also uh, you know, Svarim that have Moshe and Aaron in the front. I'm not sure how they do that. And that was often done by the Christians printing them, so we can't bring a riot from that necessarily. But the, Dan Rabinowitz uh, is an expert on this, on the Svarim with the pictures in the front, uh, the title pages. He can probably tell us a lot more about... Uh, which Rabbanim uh, endorsed these things, uh, pictures of humans. But the, the, the Taz already asks that how are you allowed to have, how are you allowed to have uh, Tzuros and Mazelos on the Machzer? The Taz says it is wrong. That, that certainly, humans already, there's, there's basis for leniency. Humans, we said, if it's not three-dimensional, then the Shulchan Aruch Paskins, it's okay. But the, machzer, but the, the, the sun, the moon, and the stars, even two-dimensional is Aser. So the, I don't know how realistic they were, these Mazelos, but that was clearly their intention. So what's Aster? The Taz says, these Machzorim are Aster. They're wrong, and, and you shouldn't do this. The Shach defends it. The Shach says, this practice, he says, that it's, it's, it's absolutely mutter, because it is Lahavanu Lahoros, that is Lehislamit. Also, he said, it's not really a Tzur Gemura. It's, uh, it's a symbol for the Mazalos, but it's hardly a, a twinkle, twinkle little star. It's not like this, again. So it's, uh, it's not representational enough, so it's mutter. But the first Hatter the Shach says is that it is Lehislamit. So, so the so the Shach tells us that that Lehislamid is a uh, is the, the the pictures in the Machzorim are called Lehislamid. Rabbi Yosef Chaim Zonnefeld in his Salmas Chaim, he talked about people made models of the Mishkan. It also included in the Esther, we're talking about you can't make models of the Mishkan and the Kalim of the Mishkan. That's a whole separate branch of the Halacha. We're not going to get into in detail tonight. So they asked Rabbi Yosef Chaim Zonnefeld if you're making the model to teach, to teach about the Mishkan, teach about the, the teach about what you're reading about in the Torah. Is that mutter? So he said, well, they, they didn't even ask whether it's mutter. They asked, are you, are you allowed to assemble and disassemble it on Shabbos? Is it a problem of Bona or Machiba Patish? So Rabbi Yosef Chaim said, you're not allowed to make it in the first place. Mi hitter lasos. He says, it's, the only hatter would be lehislamit. And he doesn't think this is considered lehislamit. He does not think Simcha showing us that in his uh, 39 Malachas of Shabbos book, they have pictures of the pictures of various parts of the Mishkan. So again, that's something that we'll have to discuss perhaps another time about the, how, how, the, how the prohibitions against making models of the Mishkan are. Three-dimensional, two-dimensional, that's a topic for another day. But Rav Yosef Chaim says that the Hetra of Lislamid, it has to, simple education is not enough, it has to be for some practical halachic purpose, like Rav Gamliel and the Witnesses, but anything short of that is not Islamic. Many others disagree. Ramosha Feinstein in Achuva disagrees. Ramosha Feinstein brings us Salmas Chaim and rejects it. He says it's Tamuah, that making something for educational purposes is mutter, that that's included in the Islamic of Chazal. 
Minchas Yitzchak is a little more stringent. Minchas Yitzchak talks about making pictures of the sun and the moon. He says, if you make them for educational purposes, he says, if it's Lislamid, maybe it's Mutter, he says. But he, sa- he says a, a peculiar thing. He says, who can say he reached that Madrega? Who can say that he's properly availing himself of that Heter? And uh, is it EF Shul Lislamid Belozeh? Is that the only way to do it? The second point is interesting. It seems a very high bar. Lislamid is only Mutter if there's no other solution. I don't know where he got that from, but he says it has to be absolutely necessary. His first point of who can say he reached that Madrega, I'm not sure what he means to say by that. Uh, a first grade teacher who is teaching about the stuff in the Parsha is, is, is doing it Lislamid. So I'm not sure what his problem is, but he's not really so sure about what's considered Lislamid. The Shevet Alevi endorses the position of the Shach, that the Machzorim are Mutter because of Lislamid. He says, therefore, school teachers, when they teach about Olam, the creation, or when they speak, or they teach about Yosef's dreams and Vayeshev, the sun, the moon, and the stars bowing down. That's all Lehislamid, he says, and uh, and that's fine. And therefore, many poskim are lenient about Lehislamid. However, the Chutzani notes, he says, getting back to the question about being an artist, he says the the Chutzani discusses that uh, he says if you, if you want to teach children, let's say you want to teach them about Zmane Halacha, Shkia. And Seis HaKochavim, you want to show them what Shkia means. You want to show them what Seis HaKochavim means. He says, that would be mutter. You'd be allowed to make a picture of a sun and stars to show them halacha, to teach them halacha. However, he says, if you want to make, if you want to practice drawing, practice art, if you want to practice drawing the sun in order to learn how to draw the sun, he says, that is usr. That's what the Torah prohibited. You're not allowed to make suns. So what sense does it make to say, I'm allowed to practice drawing a sun in order to, in order to learn how to draw a sun? You're not allowed to draw a sun. So, it's, so, so then, of course, there's no heter to practice making suns in order to learn how to draw the suns. So the heter is only if you want to learn something else, like halacha, you want to learn something else, then it would be uh, mutter. I'm not sure, I don't know much about art education, I'm not sure if by practicing drawing suns that would also improve your art technique to draw flowers or skyscrapers or lizards, whether you'd be allowed to draw a sun to, to, to hone your technique in general, maybe there'll be makam matir. I'll call upon him. So to be an artist, I don't know what you actually have to do in, if you're being a formally trained artist, what the schools will actually make you do to graduate. But uh, actually drawing the sun, the moon, and the stars is deeply problematic. Certainly if it's, again, if it's realistic, if you're, if you're, if you're doing abstract art, there's going to be a great deal more basis for leniency, but uh, relatively realistic suns, moon, and stars is going to be extremely problematic. Drawing uh, flowers and pears and skyscrapers is fine, and lizards and zebras is all fine. Drawing people is a uh, more controversial issue. On the one hand, on the one hand, uh, the Shulchan Aruch Paskins that flat people is okay. On the other hand, the Taz and the Dibur Malkiel and a number of Achranim are more machmer. They say that that people should be avoided, even if they're flat. If you're drawing part of people, profiles and uh, headshots and so on. If you're drawing just parts then there is more basis for leniency, but drawing people is something that would be uh, considerably more fraught. So just finally, getting back to the snowmen. So I saw a couple of contemporary articles discuss whether a snowman is mutter. Now a snowman, in a certain sense, is worse than drawing a a person on a piece of paper because it's three-dimensional. A snowman is very three-dimensional. On the other hand, Snowmen are typically fairly uh, loose representations of the human figure. Some of them have segmented bodies, some of them are just a conical uh, pile of snow, some of them have carrots and, uh, and tomatoes and stuff for eyes and nose. None of them really look that much like a person. On the other hand, they're called snowmen, they're readily recognizable by anybody as a snowman, 
and uh, perhaps there is more basis for stringency. Some posts can bring in questions of they're, they're, they're ephemeral, they don't last, unless you stick yours in the freezer, and so on, or unless it's really cold outside, they're not going to last that long, so maybe it's ephemeral nature, uh, makes it less of an iser. Again, pukhazi mayama dabar, on the one hand, there's certainly a minhag to make snowmen, and I haven't seen uh, kol kares or much in the way of rabbinic uh, warnings that people should be nizar not to make snowmen. The minhag seems to be to be lenient, but there definitely is basis to be more stringent about it. The, question, the, question, the main question, to my mind, really is, how representational does it have to be for it to be uh, usher? Posts can discuss dolls. Posts can discuss making dolls. Many posts can say that the doll should not be a complete form of a human being. The doll should be disfigured. It should have its nose removed or ears removed. Again, it's hard to know what that means because the doll is not uh, fully anatomically correct to begin with. Most dolls are not, aside from ones you're, you're doing in anatomy class, most dolls are not going to be fully formed in all ways like a human being. So it's hard to know why taking off an additional air is going to make it so much better when it wasn't really so humanoid to begin with. But uh, there are posts who recommend disfiguring dolls, both because of certainly that you shouldn't make a complete doll, and even if you have one, you shouldn't maintain it, you shouldn't keep it around without, uh, without disfiguring it, even, the ter- even, the, even because of chashad. There, are, there is a major leniency, though, that applies to dolls and a fortiori to snowmen. Some achronim said that even though the Gemara says it's a concern for chashad, and even the Isr Daraisa of Lo Sasun Iti, which is even Lenoi, that's something like the Rambam says, which could conceivably be understood as Avodah which people may think is Avodah chashad, and so on. Something which is so self-evidently not Avodah nobody ever thinks it's Avodah there's no possibility it'll ever be confused as Avodah some posts are lenient. Some posts came, some of the early acronym were lenient about dolls on the grounds that something which is tossed around and is not kept in a respectful way, that it's so obvious that it's not an avodazara, there's no concern neither for the daraisa nor for the drabanan. So that's an additional leniency on some of these, on some of these prohibitions that some posts are more lenient. Certainly by the time you get to a snowman, which is uh, fundamentally something that's, uh, that's all about play, that's all about uh, just fun and, uh, and joy and, and just... Uh, and just uh, enjoying the snow, and is so far removed from any chance of worship, of uh, Avodah Zarah, of confusing it for Avodah Zarah, another basis for leniency. So again, there, there are numerous different arguments for leniency for a snowman. None of them are, are obviously and inherently uh, slam dunks. None of them are, are obviously conclusive. But the minnook certainly is to make snowmen. Similarly, similarly with regard to dolls, most people, I think, do buy dolls... Do, Again, we don't, most, most of us don't make our own dolls. We do buy dolls. I, I think the common minog is not necessarily to disfigure the doll. Some people do. But again, the minog seems to be lenient for, for some combination of these forests that they're not that realistic and they're not, uh, and they're not worshipped and it's not the derrick to take them seriously and they're not... Uh, and so on. So because of all these reasons, uh, the minog, I think, is to be more lenient about dolls with snowmen as well, even though there would seem to be some basis for stringency, it seems that the minog is to be lenient with regard to snowmen. Thank you all very much. There is a snowman outside our house. My mother could not recognize it as a snowman. Right. So my wife points out the snowman that, uh, that, that, that certain of the younger members of the house built today. I wouldn't have minded joining myself, but I was busy preparing the chair most of the day. So the, the snowman, uh, my wife said she showed it to her mother. Her mother did not immediately recognize what the, he was supposed to represent, which I guess is... Uh, we were being machmer, we were making sure that it couldn't possibly be mistaken for a man, and therefore there is additional basis for leniency.